An army of sheep led by a lion is better than an army of lions led by a sheep. That Alexander the Great quote was very popular in my early days of police training. If I heard that once, I heard it a thousand times. I heard it from my PT instructor at the academy. I heard it from my DT instructors. I heard it on the firearms range. And I heard it in the classroom. Be a warrior. For a decade, this was the thought process fed to me at every in-service training and every training school I found myself. Then, one day, after I'd been promoted to sergeant, I was assigned to take a first-line supervisor's course from Bill Westfall of the Gallagher-Westfall Group. Sitting in a class, Bill was discussing leadership by using historical examples, and he made a very simple but profound statement. You must be a reader, writer, thinker, fighter. Those four words blew me away and made me rethink everything I'd been taught in the last decade. Fast forward 15 years. The Department of Justice released the final report on the President's Task Force on 21st Century Policing. The document was created to address the issues brought forth during the riots in Ferguson, Missouri. The first tenet of the document says that we should stop training officers as warriors and start training them as guardians. Warriors, guardians, and cops. Seriously, what's the difference? It's time to start telling our own stories. I'm Steve Kellums, and welcome to Blue Canary. The Warrior, a brave or experienced soldier or fighter. A warrior is someone specializing in combat and warfare. Its definition doesn't scream cop, but it has been a guiding force in law enforcement and law enforcement training for a very long time. When did the warrior concept appear? When did we start focusing on warrior training? Those questions are difficult to answer. Research will give you a number of possibilities, but for my money, the warrior mindset started in Newhall, California on April 6, 1970. California Highway Patrol officers George Allen, Walt Frago, Roger Gore, and James Pence lost their lives in a four-and-a-half-minute gun battle today known as the Newhall Incident. In the weeks immediately after the four deaths, the emotionally charged follow-up investigation sometimes lingered on fault-finding but ultimately achieved the desired catharsis, a completely revamped set of procedures to be followed during high-risk and felony stops, with emphasis at every step on officer safety. Officers being killed in the line of duty wasn't new. What was new was the focus on officer safety, a set of principles, tactics, and procedures designed to help officers stay alive and prevail in violent encounters. As I've said time and time again, we didn't start the fire. Policing had become more violent and officers were being targeted for being police. Criminals were becoming desperate and emboldened by a criminal justice system that no longer offered rehabilitation or punishment. Add in a social revolution that pushed against traditional government and it was a recipe for violence against the police. Sound familiar? The result? Warrior cops. Police academies and in-service training tended to focus on creating a warrior mindset. The first rule of being a cop is to go home at the end of every shift. It was the thought process we wanted to instill into the recruits. The fact that the job wasn't a safe one and you had to be prepared to respond to violent confrontations with one sole guiding principle. To win. At its heart, that's not a bad thing. After all, when cops lose, they die. Officers being overwhelmed, having their gun taken from them, and or giving up rarely live to regret that decision. 
We most often see the horrible and tragic results in the dash cams and body cams of our officers. When officers refuse to engage or decide not to deal with the violent criminal, they're made into a pariah and scorned by the public as well as their fellow officers. There's really only one way to win, and that is to get your head straight early in your career, the warrior mindset. The term warrior tends to cause some confusion, so let's clarify what we mean. Beyond the traditional definition, a warrior is one who is prepared to survive no matter the odds, to continue to fight through all adversity, be it physical or mental, to keep going when others would stop, to charge to the sound of gunfire, and make a difference in the lives of the people they serve. Many opponents of the warrior concept will admit that the issue isn't the warrior mindset, as it is the warrior mentality. The warrior mentality concept has the cop not looking out for the public, but only themselves. That the officer bases all training responses on fear and builds a wall between themselves and the public they serve. Finally, they say that by preparing for the worst, the officers make the worst happen. I've seen the warrior concept taken too far in law enforcement. But I disagree that the training is built on fear. Fear will not push you into a building where a suspect is waiting to ambush you. Fear will not allow you to climb into a sinking car and save the occupant from drowning. Fear will not let you run into the burning building and pull a resident to safety. Only love can do that. Warrior training doesn't focus on fear of what can happen to us. It prepares us for what might occur so that we can do what must be done for the love of our fellow man. And lastly, to say the violence would not occur if officers weren't prepared to respond to violence is as ridiculous as it is commonly spouted. If a tree falls in the woods might be an interesting philosophical argument, but science proved it was a stupid question long ago. You might think I'm a big fan of warrior training, but the reality is something different. You see, I believe all cops must be warriors at some level, but warrior training does miss the mark. I also think words matter. That leads us to guardian training. The Legal Liability Risk Management Institute is the nation's largest provider of liability and risk management services in the United States. Our goal is to help reduce liability, reduce lawsuits, and enhance officer performance. Regardless of the size of your agency, we have a risk management solution. You may contact us at www.llrmi.com or call 317-386-8325. Warrior training bad, insert guardian training here. That's it in a nutshell. Okay, I oversimplified it. Let's really take a look at guardian training and why the President's Task Force on 21st Century Policing made it the number one tenet of the document. A guardian is defined as a defender, protector, or keeper. Law enforcement should embrace a guardian rather than a warrior mindset to build trust and legitimacy both within agencies and with the public. That is the core of the first recommendation in the report. The document goes into a little more detail and specifically quotes task force member Susan Rahr, who wrote, In 2012, we began asking the question, why are we training police officers like soldiers? Although police officers wear uniforms and carry weapons, the similarity ends there. The missions and rules of engagement are completely different. The soldier's mission is that of a warrior to conquer. The rules of engagement are decided before the battle. The police officer's mission is that of a guardian, to protect. The rules of engagement evolve as the incident unfolds. Soldiers must follow orders. Police officers must make independent decisions. Soldiers come into communities as an outside occupying force. Guardians are members of the community protecting them from within. I think her observations and statement are dead on. 
Cops are not an occupying force. They are designed to be representatives of the community, enforcing community standards and behavior to keep everyone safe. The report doesn't spend much time with discussing the Guardian concept. From here, it very quickly moves into procedural justice, transparency, and diversity. I really wish they had spent more time with this topic, specifically because they start with a statement I completely disagree with. How officers define their role will set the tone for the community. I really wish this was true. The reality is the exact opposite. The community sets the tone for the officers. You see, while it might be difficult, I can build a professional ethical police department. What I can't build is the equivalent community. The problem many officers have with the Guardian concept is that it's a wave-your-hand statement about changing police culture, that it is followed up with all of the anti-police rhetoric we've become very familiar with. It feels insincere. A lot of very smart people have weighed in on the Guardian versus Warrior mindset, and I would recommend you read up on the topic before making up your mind. For example, Stephen Covey and Michael Nilo wrote in their book, The Nobility of Policing, in Plato's vision of a perfect society, in a republic that honors the core of democracy, the greatest amount of power is given to those called the Guardians. Only those with the most impeccable character are chosen to bear the responsibility of protecting the democracy. I like that. But ultimately, I believe words have meaning. If we want to develop a culture within policing that meets the needs of the community and the citizens we serve, we need to stop playing around with semantics and start making sense. The reality is that cops have to be warriors to survive. They must be well-trained and capable of warfare in order to protect their community. The reality is that cops must be guardians and place the community members first. The priority of the police is to protect and defend those that they serve. Let's stop playing word games and start defining the police properly. We are cops. We are something that this world hasn't seen before. As our profession has evolved, so has our mission. Cops have to be skilled in a wide variety of topics. They must be able to give legal advice, provide medical aid, fight fires, change tires, give marital advice, arbitrate a dispute, maintain order, and commit violence to protect others. Cops have to be able to do it all. They are the epitome of the jack-of-all-trades. They are the first responders in all things, and when we force police culture down a narrow path, we do a disservice to our fellow officers. When it's time to go to war and I grab my spear and shield, woe unto you that stands in front of me. When those dark and evil things threaten my community, I will stand at the door and say, you shall not pass. And when it's time to kneel down at the county fair and put a sticker on the shirt of a little kid eating ice cream, you won't be able to peel the smile off my face. Warriors and Guardians is just another slicker way of taking our words away from us. We must start by taking back our language, talking about who we are and why we do the things we do. We are cops, and we have to start telling our own stories. This is why Bill Westfall's words had such an impact on me. Reader, a seeker of knowledge, one who is constantly striving to better themselves and learn more about the world around them. Writer, a sharer of knowledge, one who can distill those lessons learned and share them with others so that the entire community can benefit from their experiences. Thinker, a philosopher, one who doesn't shy away from difficult topics but absorbs those views that appear opposite and challenges themselves to grow. Fighter, when violence is necessary, he acts with skill and determination. Reader, writer, thinker, fighter. When I heard those four words, it screamed cop to me. It was the definition I'd been looking for, the answer to the question of who we are and why we do the things we do. 
We aren't warriors. We aren't guardians. We are cops. And that's something to be proud of. And that's the story we have to tell. Thank you for joining. As always, I'm curious what questions you're getting asked. What isn't the news covering? What story needs to be told? Connect with me at bluecanarypodcast at gmail.com. Bluecanary.